Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee Chat Stories. This is your place to just relax, kick back, and enjoy some very intriguing and fun stories. Well, today we are continuing with the adventure thriller Damascus Code. This is my book that I had written a couple of years ago, now available on Amazon. But you will be able to hear chapters from it for free on this podcast. So keep coming week after week as we read a few chapters, maybe one chapter per week, depending on how long that chapter is, like this chapter three. So I want you to get your sip of coffee or juice, whatever, and we're going to have a very fun time with this adventure thriller. We left off with our dynamic duo, Avalon Mesa and Silas McGee, being catapulted in on this global hunt, and it will take them around the world to find a human artifact that could turn the whole world upside down because of its potential supernatural healing effect. This story combines the scientific with the supernatural. We left off with Avalon and Silas visiting Evelyn Majors, a woman who claimed that she was healed through a supernatural occurrence, an occurrence that is connected to the Apostle Paul artifact, or an artifact rumored to be from the Apostle Paul, a small sample of his preserved blood. We left off with Evelyn giving Avalon and Silas a medical record that confirmed this healing. And we will now continue through chapter three. Evelyn, satisfied with his answer, got up from the table. I think we can do with some coffee this time. This gave Avalon and Silas more time to compare notes. Silas was overcome with total shock. Being healed just like that from a genetic mutation you've had since birth? It's the break we needed, Avalon responded. Silas noticed a small folded piece of paper with a pink tab. He unfolded it. Maybe this was another medical record. What he began to read gave him another pause. What is it? asked an excited and curious Avalon. Silas continued to read. It's a note from Dr. Harwin Phoenix, her specialist. Okay. Silas turned pale as a ghost. He grabbed a gulp of air. Dr. Phoenix had written an article in the Medical Science Today journal back in 2000. That was at the time J. Craig, along with Francis Collins, announced the sequencing of the entire human genome. Dr. Phoenix has been involved in the breakthrough research of DNA and genetics since the 1980s, when a team of scientists began the project to map the human genome. 
Avalon was now bursting at the seams. Wow, we have to track him down. Is there a contact number? No, Avalon will not wait. Avalon grabbed her smartphone from her handbag. What's the number? Silas took her phone. No, listen. Avalon tried to grab her phone back. What are you doing? Silas had the phone in a death grip. This document mentions him as Dr. Ezra's research partner. He's also dead. Avalon froze. Her hand covered her mouth to muffle her gasp. <gasps> when did this happen? Silas shared even worse news. He was found dead shortly after Evelyn's test results came out, according to the dates documented. Oh, no. Avalon shook her head in disbelief. He continued. He died in June 2013, just a few months after everything went down. And Ezra disappeared? Silas finished. He disappeared on the anniversary of the death. Before Avalon said anything else, Evelyn came with a coffee. I hope you guys like a little caramel flavor in your coffee. It's my favorite. Silas scratched his head, uneasy about the topic they must tackle now. Evelyn, I read the note in your folder from Dr. Phoenix. Yes, Evelyn cheerfully answered. He was a genius. Yes, he was, said an increasingly scared Silas. I heard about his unfortunate death. It, it happened shortly after your incident. Evelyn poured the coffee in silence. Do you know Dr. Benjamin Ezra? Evelyn was still quiet. She took a long sip of coffee. Silas was not going to let this go. He was about to press her for more answers, but Avalon placed her hand on his wrist. Silas waited. Evelyn finally answered, Dr. Ezra was with him during my examination. Is he dead too? Surprised at the question, Avalon answered, He disappeared recently. Do you know him personally? Silas nodded. I have mentors and colleagues who are familiar with both Dr. Ezra and Dr. Phoenix. I heard a few whispers with that about what happened to both men, that it could have been on purpose, Evelyn shared. They are just that, whispers. Now Silas knew Evelyn was hiding something. Avalon had the same feeling, too, and she pressed. Evelyn, are you sure they were just... Evelyn exclaimed, whispers nothing more. Avalon shot up both her hands in surrender, apologized profusely. She screwed up. The once cheerful woman now had shaking hands, but she struggled to regain her composure. The three agreed to drop the questioning and just finish the coffee with light conversation. Avalon and Silas had good information already, but was it enough? An hour later, Silas and Avalon found themselves on the streets of Gaslamp Quarter. At any other time, this would have been a wonderful stroll in San Diego's bustling entertainment and restaurant district. It was 5 p.m., 
and the streets were busy with people getting off from work and students celebrating the start of a summer vacation. As they passed by the Westin Hotel, clubs and many shops, they too were plotting their next move. To find the blood sample and Dr. Ezra, now they must look into Dr. Phoenix's mysterious death. That meant a visit to the St. Andrews Hospital in Los Angeles. They left San Diego next morning. The Phoenix Mystery, next morning, 10 a.m., St. Andrews Hospital. They arrived at the 50-year-old St. Andrews. This red brick building swung open its automatic doors to let Avalon and Silas in. The interior was a welcoming lobby, as welcoming as a hospital could be. Avalon couldn't help but admire the decor of serene maritime paintings, of boats and calm seas, greenery strategically placed between the wall paintings and the faint trickle of water flowing from a small stone waterfall near the reception desk. They got in line to talk to a receptionist. An older woman in her 60s was in front of them. Her daughter has been in labor since last night. Avalon and Silas waited patiently. A parade of visitors walked in and out of the elevators just north of the receptionist table. The small snack shop, a few steps from the fountain, was very busy. Avalon noticed a couple having coffee there. There were a few tables placed along the windows. They were seated at one of them. The woman, a brunette, looked down at her coffee. Her fingers tapped nervously along the cup. Her male companion had his hand placed firmly on her forearm. He was talking to the seemingly very distraught woman. She never looked up. This made Avalon temporarily forget her current mission. She remembered all of the celebrations and the life that surrounded her and Silas in downtown San Diego. During their rental car drive to the hospital, everyone was going about their business in Los Angeles. People were out shopping and carried bags of new purchases, Foodies were congregating at the farmer's market and checking out the restaurant hotspots, and tourists wildly snapped pictures of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. All of these experiences were the direct contrast to the scene of this man and woman. One was talking and the other was looking down in silence. There's something so normal but so cruel about it all. Who knows what situation they found themselves in? Was it an injured child? A dying grandparent or a major surgery for a parent? What was it? All Avalon knew was that it seemed their world was put on hold as it went on for many others on this sunny day. Silas tugged on Avalon's hand. It was their turn. The short and stocky brunette receptionist smiled. She said, What can I do for you? Silas said with an unmistakable charm, Oh, we are students from Aberdeen University. Aberdeen, she exclaimed. That is a great school. Yes, it is, said Silas. 
We're doing a research project on genetic mutation diseases, namely sickle cell. Oh, that is a good cause. We have two physicians who are renowned experts in that field. Avila spoke up.、Well, wonderful! Is there a way we can make contact with them today? The receptionist accommodated them. We have one who is going on lunch break in about ten minutes. His name is Dr. Aaron Bonaparte. The other physician, Dr. Lane Mary, is in the lab until about five p.m. I could contact Dr. Bonaparte to see if he could introduce himself. Silas politely interrupted. Silas politely interrupted. Oh well, Miss Brody, we were actually wanting to meet Dr. Phoenix. The receptionist was stumped. She slowly confessed, "Well, you see, dear, Doctor Phoenix passed away about two years ago." The duo continued to play dumb. Avalon shook her head. Oh, "No, oh no!" Silas picked up the fake shock from there.、Oh, "We had no idea. I am so sorry." Miss Brody shook her head in pity over the whole unfortunate situation. These two lovely students were hoping to meet the great Doctor Phoenix. They came a long way from the United Kingdom to only find their goal was for naught, or was it? Miss Brody, feeling very sorry for them, began working out a good solution to help. Well, I don't want you to leave with nothing," beamed Miss Brody. "I had a brother who graduated from Aberdeen Hall.、Oh, bless him, he wouldn't forgive me if I let two lovely students leave without their research. The two lovely students looked so innocent in appreciation. They both thanked the gracious receptionist. There is a lab technician who worked quite extensively with Doctor Phoenix on his genetic disease research. He should be able to provide you some insight into his work, which you can include in your research. Silas was elated.、Oh, splendid! Thank you, Miss Brody. Avalon beamed so wide-eyed. We do appreciate your help. Miss Brody picked up the phone and called Mark Sheldon. She explained that Avalon and Silas were students who were in quite a predicament. She explained that predicament and hung up the phone with a proud look on her sweet rosy face. Doctor Bonaparte's lab assistant, Mark Sheldon, will see you. He worked quite extensively with Doctor Phoenix. Miss Brody gave them directions to the lab where Mark Sheldon works. The directions were to go to the elevator and to go down to the lower floor and turn right. The hall would take them right to the lab, to the third door down. The duo headed over to the elevator for the first floor. It's time to put on that game face and pray to God that this leads to Ezra, the blood sample, and answers on Phoenix. The lab. Silas pushed the button on the lab's heavy gray door. A buzzer sounded. Which notified staff that an approved guest needed to get in. The door opened, and there stood a skinny young guy, not much older than the dynamic duo. He took one look at Avalon and grinned like a Cheshire cat. Avalon and Silas said the young researcher. "Yes, that's us," answered Avalon. 
Are you Mr. Sheldon? The young guy blinked. He fancied the attractive Avalon. I am. Please come in. The two entered the lobby of a very spacious lab. Its lobby allowed for a long window exposing the lab's interior, which boasted state-of-the-art equipment, from laser equipment to stations for running protein and blood analysis. This place was Silas's dream workshop. He would have loved to check this place out more thoroughly, but didn't want to seem too eager. They had to be very careful in explaining their mission to Sheldon. Flat-out lying would put the two young detectives into a high-risk situation. Lies take too much work to keep straight. One screw-up of a lie could set off a whole chain reaction. Telling the whole truth, however, would alarm Sheldon and may get the students kicked out of the hospital altogether. Sheldon pulled out a chair, which was near the small lab receptionist window at the head of the lobby. He placed it in front of a leather couch against the wall beside the lab entrance door. He motioned for Avalon to sit on the couch. Silas was about to take a seat beside her, but Sheldon intervened. Oh, no, 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 you, you get to sit there. Sheldon pointed to the chair. Sheldon immediately sat beside Avalon. Silas was a bit surprised, but caught on very quickly. Oh, so that's how he wants to do this, said Silas's inner voice. He cleared his throat and sat obediently in the chair, turning it to face the couch. He grinned tightly, but politely thanked the sneaky little snot. Thank you for meeting with us, Mr. Sheldon. Oh, it's my pleasure. Sheldon reached to shake Silas's hand. Silas grabbed this upstart's hand with a strong grip. Sheldon smiled like an imp. So I hear, Sheldon yanked back his hand, that you are interested in the late Dr. Phoenix's research for a little school project you're doing. Silas didn't flinch at the little school project insult. Yes, we are. Now this uptick in tension between the two guys caught Avalon off guard. Sheldon shifted towards Avalon. He extended his hand. Avalon reached for a handshake. The sly researcher took her hand and kissed it. And it is a pleasure to meet you as well, he said with gentility. Avalon stumbled with the, um, oh, oh, thank you, thank you, Avalon said after finding her voice. We appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to see us. Of course. What can I do for you, exactly? Silas began to make their case with care and precision. Sheldon was a twit, but a sharp man. Avalon and I were hoping to speak with someone who has good insight into Dr. Phoenix's genetic research. Sheldon peered over his thin, silver-framed glasses as if he was looking down at Silas. Why not speak to Dr. Barrett? Because our project requires study into any breakthrough research on the genetic mutation that causes sickle cell, Silas told the partial truth. Dr. Phoenix's research meets that need. Oh, well, Dr. Barrett is your man, Sheldon protested. He has a reputable expertise in sickle cell study. Silas shook his head. No, we're looking for much more than expertise. Avalon's 
brother has suffered a great deal with sickle cell. Sheldon took Avalon's hand and held it gently. He sympathetically whispered, My goodness, I am so sorry. Avalon finally caught on to Sheldon's angle. See, Sheldon developed a soft spot for her. Thank you. He's had some severe symptoms, so I want to do some good with our work. Sheldon, still holding her hand, let out a deep sigh. Well, are you looking for more information on one of Dr. Phoenix's experiments for new treatments? Avalon looked deeply into his eyes and smiled. She then looked down slightly. Well, we heard about a very special research he was conducting. We heard that he was working on a blood analysis for a woman with sickle cell. She apparently was stricken with an electrical charge or something, which resulted in her following examination showing no signs of the condition. Her genetic mutation somehow transformed into its proper form. Sheldon just stared at Avalon. This time, it was not adoration. I see, he said. Avalon noticed the change in tone to something more skeptical. You know that sickle cell traits start from birth. It's not just something you can heal or prevent. According to the research that I have seen so far, and I've been part of many research projects. Uh, yes, I completely understand, Mark, explained Avalon gently, but you're the only person I believe could help us. I, I don't think, Avalon interrupted, we would like to know what was his theory and how this electrical current spurred correction in her genetics. Sheldon spoke up more loudly than before. I can't help you with that, but I can refer you to Dr. Barrett for the latest treatment. Silas tried to ask more questions. Sheldon bulldozed his efforts. I have to get back to work, um, but I'll walk you out. Sheldon got up and rushed the two students out the door. He came out with them into the hallway. He then lowered his voice to a whisper. Listen, let's meet at Lynn's Barbecue on Wilshire Boulevard at 7 p.m. My treat, okay? We'll talk more about this. Before Avalon and Silas could thank Sheldon, he rushed back into the lab lobby. The door shut behind them. That is it for today's episode of Coffee Chat Stories. Come back next week to find out what in the world does Mark Sheldon know. Oh, he knows a lot. And we are going to find out the danger that is behind looking for this artifact. So come back next week as we continue this adventure thriller and we begin to peel back the layers of the danger and the secrets and the key to what this artifact is about and the missing scientists and the mysterious occurrences that are all going on in this book. A lot of twists and turns, people. We post every Friday or Saturday. So please come back to Spotify, enjoy the stories, and and go to my YouTube channel, the Mary Christie channel. I have a new show there called Coffee with Mary. It is your morning pick-me-up for any time of day. 
We talk about uplifting topics, cute tutorials. We'll have a lot of fun. Grab your coffee, kick back, and just take a relax, take a rest. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast. Have a wonderful and blessed Easter weekend, and I'll see you next week with Coffee Chat Stories. Bye-bye for now, people.